Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal and every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Welcome back to Conversing with the Text. Uh, this is Pastor Michael Ware, Holly Ridge Presbyterian Church in Blacksburg, South Carolina. I hope that you're having a good day so far. Thank you for joining us. Um, <clears throat> we are once again in the book of Genesis, and uh, I have no hope of getting caught up. I'm in, uh, I'm in chapter 30, fixing to start the sermon preparation for chapter 37, and we're in chapter 9, so it's... Um, I thought that I would surpass myself and have to figure out what to do. I've come nowhere near that, and uh, then I took six months off, so that's made it even worse. So, but we were the last time we were together, um, we we talked about uh, the flood and the settling of the ark, and um, and that being the model for uh, what was going to happen. And, and I we pointed that out as that that's what we do when we worship. We're we're bringing, we're bringing, we go up to heaven and meet with the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we then bring back the model, just like Moses, right, coming down off the mountain, we bring the model of not only the church, but the world, and we related all that together, and now we get to uh, chapter 9, um, uh, I mean, uh, chapter 8, rather, uh, Verses uh, one, I mean twenty. I'm gonna get it out in a second. Twenty-two, uh, uh, twenty through twenty-two. And what we see is um, one of the one of the means, or I mean, one of the uh, motives uh, or uh, the cause of true biblical worship is thankfulness. And I think well, this is one of the places that we really struggle a lot. Um, in the in the church, because you know we, uh, you know, the seventies and eighties in the church saw us start sliding towards um, what makes us feel good, and and it being about the worshiper rather than the one being worshipped, and then to correct that, and of course, this, it seems all, almost always is the case we overcorrect uh, the reform movement. Uh, and reform camps started saying, no, 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 you know, we, we're worshiping because we're commanded to, and then some come out and say, well, no, we're really not commanded to worship, and 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 it, we lose the idea that we are to worship, and we are to worship because we are thankful for what God has done for us. Was, uh, it's, you know, uh, I love Paul Washer's illustration, you know, if, if he says, I come home on a trip, and I give my wife a dozen roses, and she's like, oh, they're beautiful. And, you know, why did you do this? Is this some kind of special occasion? And he's like, no, 
uh, but I've been gone on a trip, and this is what I'm required to do. And he said, you know, she'd feed these flowers to me. It, it, she wants to hear, because I love you, because I'm thankful for you, because I adore you, because I want to show you my love. I want to put it on display. And so I think that when we, we think about worship, we see here Noah is not commanded to worship, right? So we, we find out why we are to worship in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 through 25. It says, but if all prophecy and unbelief, and an, if all prophesy, excuse me, and an unbeliever, an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. So if we're, we're going to worship, there's two reasons. He, uh, worship is a product of seeing that God is real. Right, it is a product of seeing that God is real. So, you know, we're nowhere commanded that we have to eat home every night as men. Right, there's nowhere in the Bible where you can go to and say, chapter and verse, "Thou shalt eat at home." Right, you get off work, you drive home, and you eat what your wife cooks, and you smile no matter how good or bad it is. You know, you just go along with it. But that that's not. That's not anywhere in the Bible, but it is what you know that you should do because your wife has worked hard to provide this meal. Um, its outcome is not as important as the simple fact that she's put forth the labor. Now, if we're going to take that kind of consideration and love towards our wives, then it should be very simple for us to understand that we should have that same consideration toward God and, and that it doesn't have to be commanded because true Christians will worship. Now, I'm speaking in the context of corporate worship, uh, not necessarily in the context of private worship. Now, I think that private worship is important, but I don't think that's what Noah's doing here. He builds an altar, right? And he he has a huge sacrifice sac- time of sacrificing, right? He's sacrificing birds, all kind of clean, all the clean, uh, every one of the clean animals, birds. He's he's sacrificing them all. Um. Of every kind. When I say all, I mean of every kind. And so what, what we have is, um, you, you know, his, his wife and his sons and his daughters-in-law are not sitting back, you know, doing nothing, like doing their own thing. Let's go look around while Dad kills all these animals and lifts his hands to God and praises him. No, that's not what happened. They all took part. They all took part. And they had a worship service. So we, we can talk about it at separate times, private devotions. Uh, but again, you know, when we talk about private devotions, you, you don't, you know, you have very few places where that's spoken of. Uh, you, you know, you, you have your prayer closet, Jesus recommends. But most of the time, most of the time, uh, what, he, what he's talking about with worship is, uh, with a group of people, corporately, um, Lord's Prayer uh, or the Model Prayer, however you like to refer to it, that seems to lend in that direction. So, um, and then worship is service given unto God by those He has redeemed. Hebrews nine thirteen to fourteen says, "For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh." 
How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And so, so then we, so we're thankful when we're thankful for the things that God has done, is doing, and will do for us. When we, when we know those things, when we understand those things, and we are thankful for them, then what happens is our heart rejoices. We become thankful, and that thankfulness produces worship. It is then thankfulness and not command that the church offers weekly sacrifices of praise and prayer. We, we come into the sanctuary. We come together as a people, as a covenant community, and we worship out of thankfulness. Uh, it's, it's why we, as the, church, the very first thing we do after the call of worship is have a prayer of thanksgiving. And we, we're just remembering back to God uh, the, all the good things that he gives us. And we always end with reminding ourselves that he saved us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ uh, by raising us from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would reveal first Jesus to us, and then us being in Jesus, Jesus reveals to us the Father. And we, we, we praise God for that. We give praise to God for that. We start with thanksgiving. Because all other forms of worship, all other elements of the worship service uh, flows out of a thankful heart. We first have to have a thankful heart. If we're, if we're discontented with our lives, if we're discontented with our families, if we're discontented with our spouses, if we're discontented with our homes and our jobs, if we feel like we are not getting what we deserve and we uh, have a complaining spirit, and now I say that I don't mean that you have some spirit living inside you. You just I, you complain all the time. You know, if you if if you're every everything you think about, every time you have a conversation with somebody, if it is a complaint about something or other, you're you are quenching the Holy Spirit. You you will find yourself in a depressed state and disappointed with everybody uh, because you've complained the whole time, and you. You're constantly looking for something wrong rather than having a reason to give thanks. Having a reason uh, to give thanks. And when you do that, when you have a reason to give thanks, then you will gladly give sacrifices of praise and prayer. The worship of the church accomplishes the will of Yahweh as well. And so what we see here is uh, because of Noah's worship, God is soothed. He is, he is appeased. He's propitiated uh, temporarily, of course, uh, because the no, he could have sacrificed every animal uh, on earth before and after the flood, and it would not have appeased God. So don't take it that way, but it is, uh, it is atonement. And I try to make a distinction when I use the language, so uh, maybe I should have said atonement. Atonement, um, atonement brings God in a, in a position not to kill us. Right and and to to continue to carry history forward, not to destroy the world, and uh, we see all of that sacrificing in the Old Testament, the um, sacrifice, the sacrifice, the the atonement sacrifice, um, 
all those all those daily e- morning and evening sacrifices all of those did that and then we had true pro- propitiation when the one true sacrifice laid down his life once for all so um so want to clear that up but but he god is soothed and because god is soothed uh he makes promises to all creation now that's the thing that we 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 need to see here is is that god says he will never never and we're going to get into we're going to get into that um I mean, we get into the to, to the idea, you know, that he makes a covenant with that, that he will never, he will never destroy the earth again, and uh, he says, nor, "Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done." Now, so this is a response. This is God responding, and again, this is one of the things that we see that's really important in worship is that we're accomplishing something. We're bringing about uh, something. Uh, there's, there's several things that are going, that's going on during the worship service, and, and God responds to us, and um, a lot of reformers have compared it to conversation. You know, God calls us into his presence. We give him thanks. Uh, then he speaks his word to us, and so we, that's where we read the scriptures. And then he calls us to repentance uh, after he's read his word to us. He calls us to repentance, convicting us of our daily sin. And we as a covenant community uh, respond to that by uh, going to him in a prayer of confession. And 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 then we have this great, wonderful time of the assurance of pardon. We, we have a, a time where the minister speaking for God out of his word uh, tells the congregation, you, you have been atoned for. You're, you have absolution. Now, it sounds very Catholic, but, but what we need to understand is when we do that, we're reminding ourselves of the gospel. We're reminding ourselves of the gospel. We're not saying because you knelt down at your seat and you, you read this written prayer with everybody else that that then makes you sinless, that that then that, that that was the moment you became sinless or you, you were atoned for. It wasn't that kind of thing, uh, but it was more of, hey, God, we're guilty as a congregation. Don't hold these land curses against us as a congregation. Um, good time to uh, plug Brother uh, Ray Simmons' uh, book. Um, if, uh, if you've not read it and the book's name just left me, oh, Lord, help me. Please forgive me, Ray, if you hear this. Um, yeah, cup, uh, community repentance. No, that ain't right. Anyway, I'll 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 try to put it in the link, um, in the no, in the show notes so that that you you can have this great. It's a great book. It's uh, it's it's really convicting and uh, something that we should be working towards. But um, so. And this is, this is something that the church, we must learn what we do in worship accomplishes something. As I said, we go through the rites and rituals that God commands, and then in response to our obedience by faith, God acts in favor, in our favor, rather. Um, and, and the two references uh, that I would give you would be Jeremiah 33 
19 through 36. Read that. Read that carefully. Right? God is res- responds there. And then we also see this in Revelation 5, 1 through 6, 2. The saints pray, right, and praise. They worship. And then God begins to uh, bring recompense on the world. He begins to bring recompense on the world. And so this is why we should be worshiping. It's not... It's not that uh, you know you don't you don't have everything together, right? It's not it's not that you have to come because we we get that so confused. A lot of times people will go, "Well, I'm just not a singer." Well, we're not going for you. You're you're really you're really not coming to church for you. Um, thank you for for that, you know. But we, you know, it's not about you. And then you have those who say, "Well, you know, that preacher he's he's not really educated and." I hate the way he preaches, and I know more than him anyway. And but but you're not coming to learn. That's not the purpose. Now, if you learn something, great. If you're reminded of something that you already know, even better. Uh, but you're not there. You're not there to learn. It's not college. It's church. You're there to worship a holy God. Um, and and uh, you know, and if if it, if the pastor's that bad, then you know, buy him a book. I mean, Lord, help. Hey, look, Pastor, I'm going to go through this book, book with you, you know. Get him rushed on you or something. But, but I mean, you know, that's not the purpose. The, the purpose is to worship God. That's why I would say, listen, even if, I, even if I had to go to a liberal church, if I was in an area where there was nothing but liberal churches, I probably would still go, uh, as these people probably, have been, most of them, if not all of them, have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to get you know, a wafer, a wafer and grape juice at least every quarter or so. And and so we need those things. We need those things. I think we should have communion every week, but we, we need those things. We it, it accomplishes it accomplishes something. Um it is a is a covenant room renewal service and uh and so God accomplishes things in history through it. All right, so that's that's all the time I have uh for this week. We'll uh we'll pick up in chapter nine next week, hopefully a larger uh, section of of the scripture, and uh, I hope that you uh, have enjoyed this. That you're encouraged. Uh, give us a reach, reach out to us rather if you have any comments or com- questions. Um, to CrownRightsCastNet at gmail dot com. You also can reach out to us through Facebook Messenger. You can message. Um, the podcast channel, uh, Crown Rights Cast uh, Net, um, Network uh, on Facebook, or me personally, Michael Lee Ware. Uh, and until next time, uh, walk in a manner worthy of, Christ, of God to please, worthy of Christ to please God. Goodbye.